Hello everyone, thank you so much for clicking on yet another episode of Pages from My Notebook, a true life podcast. My name is Erica, I'm your host, and it's my birthday, period. You know, <laughs> I'm excited, but I'm also calm because it's, it's still a busy week. I have midterms, and so <laughs> I can't like, there's no fanfare really at this age, at least for me, there's no bringing cupcakes to your class. You don't like go around with your birthday pin and like money pinned to your shirt as an adult because you'll get jumped. So <laughs> today is just doing what I want to do. Like Issa Rae said, it's me season. So I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to go out to eat. I'm just going to live my life, have a great time. But for you all, I wanted to do my second annual birthday episode, which is blank number of things I've learned at blank age. Now these are hopefully going to be things that I learned exactly in one year, maybe not just general life lessons because then I'd just be repeating the same things. But I have a list here of 21 things I learned in my 365 days as a 21 year old. So if you want to listen, keep on listening. Before I get started with the list, I want to pause here and calibrate, marinate, celebrate that I'm turning 22 years old. You know, when you're growing up, you have the main birthdays you look forward to 10, 13, 16, 18, 21. After that, girl, you're in the big leagues. There's no going back. (laughs) Like, this is the final step into your actual adult life like in four years I'm gonna need to get my own insurance I don't know how to do that like (laughs) what I time is going too fast when you're an adult you learn that time is fleeting there is no like your youth is coming to an end and you are expected to have things together but this isn't gonna be a negative Nancy episode I feel like being 22 is grown grown And not in like the whole responsibility way like I was just talking about, but also, and this is the age where you start to know yourself. I'm going to pause once again because I know I'm going to listen to this when I'm 30 and be like, girl, (laughs) you didn't know shit. But (laughs) at this point in time, not knowing what I don't know and being okay with that, I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to graduating from undergrad, starting grad school. It's a lot. It's a very big transitional period that's word yes in my life and it has a little more weight than like graduating high school and going to college I think because that is full of unknowns but there's still so much out there there's so many YouTube videos all about your first year of college how to handle college etc 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 but there's not really a guidebook to exiting college or being an adult because there's so many paths you could go down And no one wants to be responsible for giving you the advice that might ruin your life. So I'm just going to go on as I do and share it all with you so that hopefully someday maybe someone will find this and be like, you know what? I resonate with that. Let's see where this girl is going. But I just want to say that I'm turning 22 years old and I'm looking forward to my early 20s. Oh, wow. I'm like in my 20s. Alexa, play 20-something by SZA. (laughs) So let's begin with my list of 21 things I learned at 21. These are in no particular order. Well, kind of, sort of. I was just sitting down writing them. And towards the end, it felt like a finale. But it's a journey. Y'all know how it goes here. I'm just going to start. So (laughs) the first thing that stood out to me at 21 is that representation matters. And it's needed. It's not just a saying, it really means so much to see people that look like you do great things. And for me, I realize I want to see people that look like me and feel like me and operate like I do in the world, live their lives, do great things. That's why I've changed my subscriptions, who I follow, because I need, I realize I need to be surrounded by people who are in a similar stage of life as me. And not just people who only post the good things, but people who are vulnerable enough to post their life, who daily vlog, who make TikToks, who do whatever. I feel like in this year, I want to relate to people, finally. I'm tired of feeling like I'm this outcast 
person because I'm introverted or X, Y, Z else about my personality, out of 7 billion plus people in the world, it makes no sense for me to feel alone because I'm literally not. Yes, there's only one of me, but there has to be other people out here who feel the same way I do about things or who think about things the same way or handle situations the same way. And this is not to say that I don't value diversity in who I follow and in my entertainment. Because of course, I love to see the rich white girls talk about lip gloss and do Shein hauls, you know, (laughs) just turn my brain off and see people who live differently than me. But for the most part, that stuff, you know, I don't need it to be my entire feed. I realize that watching clothing hauls on YouTube, watching skinny people try on expensive clothes doesn't do anything for me because I'm not skinny and I don't have the money for that. So like watching it just make me feel bad and I want to stop feeling bad if I can help it. So if I can watch someone who shops at a more affordable store who wears the same size as me, it's going to make me feel better. Why not? You know, there's nothing wrong with seeking out things that comfort you and make you feel seen and reassured. So this year, I really found that I value representation in my media. Number two, my body is not a project to be fixed, but just an evolving system. This summer, I've had, I had the time to myself to be on campus, to be in a city and get in my routine. And I realized that I actually like exercise when I'm not forced to do it and when I'm not forced to do exercises that I know that I don't like. Being a fat kid growing up gym class is always hell on earth torture. All my homies who had to do the pacer test, which is now illegal, which it should have been always, you know, you dread that feeling of having to run in front of your classmates. Not only being slow or not being able to do as many as other people, but if you're big and hit puberty when I did, figuring out out boobs and running and sports bras in middle school, it's just, it's a traumatic experience. (laughs) I'm not going to elaborate, but if you know, you know, and you know it sucks. So for me, I know that I do enjoy exercise and going to the gym. I've had different periods of motivation and discipline throughout my college career and going to the gym. So I know that I do enjoy it when I consciously have the effort and want to go. But during the summer, I really wanted to challenge myself because I would wake up, start my internship work, go to the computer lab, come home and sit down or I'd be cleaning. And that was really all that I did. And with all the emotional up and downs that I was going through this summer, I found that my depression and anxiety feed on stillness they feed on uh sed- sedentariness sed- you know, being sedentary you know when I'm just sitting thinking about all the things that I'm thinking about or that I'm going through it makes me feel even worse and so I made myself go to the gym I said I'm tired of feeling this way and I know that I'm capable of helping myself not feel this way and so I started to challenge myself I wanted to do the opposite of sitting and being sad and crying, which to me was a great opportunity to conquer my fears. I was always scared of running. I was always those people like running is demonic. I hate running, which to a fault it is. Honestly, it tears up your joints and it's like really bad for your body, but also really good for you. I don't know. I have mixed emotions about it. But for me in my fitness journey, evolution, whatever, I realized I didn't want to be scared of things anymore. I was still holding on to that idea that the people in gym class are going to laugh at me because I can't run as fast or as far or throw a ball or I'm not good at playing kickball or whatever. I wanted to finally get rid of that baggage because my body is mine and I don't have to perform for anybody. All I have to do is make sure I'm being good to myself. So... I wrote down a list of different fitness goals, but one of them, the biggest one, is being able to run. To me, I'll preface by saying this, I, for me, jogging is running. So when I say, oh, I ran today, it's really a jog, but for me, it's a lot, <laughs> and I'm proud of myself. But I realized that whatever goal I have for myself, for my body fitness-wise, I can't set 
a smart goal, like specific, measurable, time constraint, time constrained is a really big thing because of my perfectionism, fear of failure, all of that. When I put a time limit or an expectation on what I want my body to do because of the re- because of the experiences and the relationship I have with my body, that's not being kind to myself. Because that's reminding me of all the standards of fitness and things that I didn't reach as a kid and then I got made fun of. So as an adult, I realized, hey, I want to work towards this thing, but I'm going to do it in my own time because I can. And that's what feels good to me. And so I conquered my fear of running. I actually want to go running now when I go to the gym and I never thought that that would be me. But I feel so much stronger and that's really what I want out of fitness because I use it to combat depression because depression makes you feel so weak and helpless. When I know that I can run for three minutes straight or I can now do a push-up slightly better than before when I couldn't do one at all and I don't dread burpees anymore, which that's the hugest thing for me. I'm, I'm a gold medal Olympian, honestly, at this point because I can do a burpee now (laughs) without crying but I realized I want to feel stronger overall and that there's no checkpoint there's no perfect execution there's no grade that I need to hit it's just me feeling good and strong in my body and so if that takes me a couple months years if I fall off fall on come back on that doesn't really matter all that matters is that I stay committed to myself and my strength isn't only physical but also mental. And so that applies to anything, weight loss, inches, acne, whatever. I can't put a timeline or time constraint on what I want my body to do or what I want my body to look like because that's not honoring me. And who's going to honor me if I don't? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Number three, you can't be afraid of disappointing people when you begin to live for yourself. Now, I knew, (laughs) child, this, this year really stood out to me. I don't know if it's something in the air. I don't know if it's the world opening back up. I I don't know, but all that I've been talking about, about representation and seeing people who affirm me and treating my body with more kindness and holding myself accountable to be strong, I realized, and I've been seeing all this stuff that you have to live for you and you have to let go of the expectations that other people have of you. And I realized in this stepping stone into my adulthood that I do things differently than my parents. I do things differently than other members of my family or my friends. I have different standards. I have different likes. I have different dislikes. And that doesn't make them bad. It's just different. And so for me to be down on myself for being myself because it's not the things that other people would do or the choices they would make, that doesn't make sense because it's my life. And if I'm not living for me, then what is the point with this time that I'm given? And I used to beat myself up for not being as perfect or not doing things the way I was taught, but like some things just don't bother me. If I want to leave dishes in my sink, I will do that. If I want to leave socks in every room of my apartment, I will do that. And if it doesn't bother me, then that just doesn't bother me. And you know what? The great part about that is it's my house and my life and my things that I bought with my money. So even if that would make my mom tear her hair out, sorry, girl, like (laughs) I have to let go of the fear of disappointing people for handling myself the way that I'm most comfortable. And I feel like that's a thing not a lot of people realize or they don't realize it this soon, but I'm really, really, really trying to let go of the weight of other people's opinions on me because it's like, like I talked about last episode, the cyclical thing that keeps getting me. But I feel like if I stand firm and I'm confident in how I live, as long as it's making me feel good, I'm not hurting anybody, I'm not hurting myself, you know, I'm still being a good person who just may or may not have the same cleaning habits or the same 
the same standards as other people. I hate Applebee's. I will never eat there again in my life. People may think that I'm crazy for thinking that, but I don't care. Like that's just a standard I set for myself. If that makes you upset, enjoy your gastrointestinal distress from eating that microwaved food, but I'm not gonna do it. Like <laughs> that's a facetious example, but still I'm learning that the way I do things is okay because it's good for me and that's all that matters because it's my life. <laughs> number four, sort of related to number three, but I learned that our parents are still people with just as much, if not more shit <laughs> on their plate and in their life and in their baggage than we do. I mentioned before, I started following a lot of therapists on Instagram and the posts are very loud. They attack me on a daily basis. But some that I've learned is that there's a lot of trauma surrounding parenting. And I don't think I have that much. But <laughs> the greatest thing I learned is that our parents obviously are not perfect. Not because they failed at being a parent, but because their humanness caused them to mess up, cause them to make mistakes, cause them to not say the right things. Now that explains things, but it's not an excuse. But overall, it really helps you look at things differently if you didn't have a traumatic experience. Like this is why they were always tired. This is why they said this. This is why they do this. This is why they promoted X, Y, and Z. Because now that I'm living it, I realize okay, maybe that meant something. <laughs> but also, and like I said, related to number three, is that parents do things the way they do things because of their own experiences with their parents and their peers and their own lives. And so I think every kid comes to that realization that their parents have had a life, had a life before them and were their own person who shares some of the same thoughts and feelings, emotions, experiences that we do. And we feel like, Oh, they never experienced this, which is partly true because of generational differences and technology and things like that. But honestly, the human experience is not that unique from day to day when you really think about it, at least in America and where we live and whatnot. But really, your parents were never these perfect people. They were never these guardi these guardian angels who could do no wrong and were meant to shape you into the person you were meant to be. And I think that Everyone's going to have a personal journey in their relationship to their parents. And I'm lucky I have a great relationship with both of my parents. But I realized that some things they'll say or I'll see and I'll be like, you know what? This isn't about me because they are their own person with their own life. And there are some things I just have to let be. There are some things I just have to let go because my parents are still people. And just like I wouldn't try and fix or diagnose or do anything to a friend or someone that I didn't really know, I'm not going to do that to my parents. Because we all have our own journeys to go on. Number five. If I wanted to, I would. I see this quote so much. If he wanted to, he would. If they wanted to, they would. But like I mentioned in number two and in relation to my fitness journey, but I think overall is that I need to start showing up for myself because I deserve to. And I've shared this before, but I sit and ruminate and think, oh, why can't I do this? Why don't I want to do this? Why isn't my life like this? Why isn't it my, why isn't my life like that? Why don't I have this? Why does it look like this? But if I really wanted those things, I would go out and do the things it takes to get them. If I really want to feel better in my body, I would help myself find a routine that makes me feel good and that I actually want to do to help me reach my goals. If I really wanted those things that I think have so much value in my life that I don't have or I think I'm less without, if I wanted to have them, I would do the things to get them. And so since I haven't been doing those things, I have to question, do I really want this thing or am I being influenced to think I'm less or lacking because I don't have this thing? And not even that, but even just... Wanting to get out of a funk. I have, I've learned that I need to be dedicated to myself. And listening to my body also knows 
that I know when I'm on my own bullshit and I need to push past these feelings of when I get overwhelmed or feel like I just can't do anything at all and everything's terrible and nothing will ever be good ever again. I have to show up for myself and not give up on me and determine what I really want. What is something that I really want? Because anything I want that exists, I can have it. It's already mine, whether it's right now or in the future, or I already had it. Anything I want that exists is mine. And if I really, really want it, I will get up and go get it. I will. And I have to show up for myself. I have to hold myself accountable. I have to be there to support me to get the things that I want. I'm not going to wait around for someone else to bring it to you. Like Beyonce said, don't talk about what you're going to do. Don't tell other people what you're going to do. Don't judge people for what they're not doing. You do what you're meant to do. If I wanted to, I would. And I'm going to do it because Beyonce said so. Number six, I don't have to know everything and I don't have to be the leader all of the time. Growing up, I learned that people hate public speaking and for me, we got things to do. I have places to go. I have things to learn. So if it takes me speaking up first, stepping up to be the leader, do this presentation, I'm going to do it. But in this season of my adulthood, I realized not everything deserves my full leadership potential. Not everything needs to have my voice contributed to it. I've truly learned, and I've known this my entire life, but as an adult, the power of listening and shutting the hell up. Just be, just zip it. Because even if we have an opinion, it's okay not to share it. And I learned if I don't know something, I'm going to, I'm going to sit my ass down and shut the hell up <laughs> so I can learn from somebody else. I don't have to be seen and heard all of the time, which I already am not because I'm an introvert, but I realized that <laughs> it's okay to not always step up and be the best if I'm truly not feeling it they will be all right I will be okay if I am just a participant I'm all right not being in the front all of the time because I think I've associated that with my worth because it's something that I'm good at that nobody else wants to do that makes me valuable because I enjoy being a leader but in this journey of really finding my worth and being full and whole and okay with myself just as I am and honoring my emotions and my body when I feel like being quiet and being in the back and not being at the front that's okay that doesn't mean I'm worth any less or I'm any less of a leader I just don't need to be in the front all the time and it's okay to give people that opportunity and it's also okay okay to let the silence be awkward in class you know if I've already done my contribution to get my participation points, girl, that's all you're going to get from me. <laughs> just some days, I just don't have it. And that's okay. Number seven, other people going on their own journeys doesn't mean they love me any less, even if that journey takes them away from me. This is another big one. This is a really, really big one with everyone, my friends, family, etc. going back to school, getting new jobs, going off wherever they're going, sometimes I can feel left behind. And because I don't give myself credit for the things that I'm doing in the life I'm living, I feel so mundane that other people doing something different that's good for them feels like they're abandoning me and that they're moving on and I'm back here supposedly representing all the things that are stagnant and not moving forward in life and I think that because my journey looks different from theirs and I really want to or I really have started to realize that just like I don't have to be the leader all the time I can just be the one rooting for my friends and more importantly that they don't owe me every part of their story they never did, and I'm lucky enough that I feel like my friends feel like they can come to me and be open with me and my family and whatnot, but I'm realizing that just like there are parts of my life that are just for me, other people have that as well. And just because that may be a difference from a relationship I've had in the past, that doesn't it's not a reflection on me. That doesn't mean I've done anything wrong or they've done anything wrong 
or anyone is a better or worse person. That's just how things go as people become more of who they are. And so I've learned to just look and watch and be okay with not being updated with every single little thing that goes on. Because when people are growing and going through their things, sometimes they just have to go through it themselves. And they have that be a part of their story. And they can pick and choose whether or not they want to share. But even if they choose not to share it with me, that's not a bad reflection on either one of us. And all of this makes me cherish it so much more. My friend calls me and lets me know what's going on and gives me the tea because <laughs> it's a reassurance that our relationship is still there and still great. But even as things change, because they will, because that's life and people are growing and I want people to change and get better and modify their opinions as they get new information and et cetera, et cetera. But just because other people are going on their own journey that might look different than what I'm used to, it doesn't mean they love me any less. It's just different. Number eight, closely related to number seven, but is to be okay with not being a part of everything. Just like in number six, I don't have to be the leader. With number eight, it's okay for me to not be included at all. Just because I'm not included or choosing not to do something or honoring a boundary or whatever, that doesn't mean that I'm worth any less or that people have forgotten all about me. It's okay for me to know, hey, I'm just not feeling that. I don't really want to be a part of that. Or seeing other people do things on their own journeys and being okay with not being a part of everything I see that looks fun or everything that I wish that I want. Because there's always things about situations that we have no idea about. And that might just be the thing that makes it a terrible situation for you. And now you wanted and wished and got so nosy and went and was so down bad to be in the situation. And now you don't put yourself in a spot that you never really wanted to be in. So for me, at 21, I learned, you know what? It's okay to stay in my lane and be where I'm at and not be a part of everything. Because what I'm supposed to be a part of, I will be in whatever timing it's meant to be in. Number nine, continuing the theme of me not having to be in everything. This one is, not everything deserves a response from me. The pandemic, the ponderosa, the pan-seared salmon, the personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut has showed me how, not even just showed, just exemplified how truly infuriating and willfully ignorant human beings can be, especially on the internet. And so I've learned my boundaries. I can't go into certain pages, comment sections. I can't watch certain people's stories that I don't agree with. I'll admit it. That's part of my representation matters. If you, if your opinion differs so much that like, it's just so fundamentally against my morals, I, we just can't, it just can't function. Like (laughs) I just can't deal with it because injustice and like wrong obsess me so much I I can't do it and then I start thinking about all the ignorant things that people say and just wonder like how people can think these things and it just it's a spiral and it ruins my whole day and I can't I can't do it I can't even look at it because (laughs) I respond in my head so much because I know doing it on the internet is just an endless cycle and that's what trolls and terrible people want but it's just like I can't even go there because (laughs) I will just keep responding in my head over and over again. I'm definitely that person who has like an argument or a tussle and will get in the shower and think of all the comebacks they should have said. (laughs) When in reality, I probably was holding back tears. But aside from things that aggravate me not deserving a response on the internet from strangers, sometimes that happens with people I know too. Sometimes I'll get a text and I just, you know what? It's not even, (laughs) it's not even worth it because I value the relationship with the person more than the satisfaction of responding and being right. And I think that's a true mark of maturity that I'd rather be silent than prove you right. Because even though I didn't say it, I'm still correct. (laughs) So like who is winning here? Me still all the time. (laughs) But I've learned that some things 
just like learning that your parents are people everyone has their own shit everyone has their own reasons why they are the way they are and so if someone says something you know what maybe they're having a bad day let's move on or if it's a pattern I learned that either I'm gonna accept this part of this person and not deal with it or I'll formulate an appropriate response in due time but that doesn't mean it has to be right now or every time (laughs) this is a really long-winded one but honestly I've just learned the power of being silent because you don't have to prove yourself to every single person that exists if someone needs me to prove myself to them that's not the person I need to be around that's not the space I need to be in I don't I don't need to be reactionary to be seen or to be valid or to be worth anything. My words are valuable. Words have power. And if I choose not to use them with you, girl, like (laughs) that's me snapping my infinity stone gauntlet because I hold all the power. I do. You can't, (laughs) you can't steal my joy. And you can't steal the power of my words. So I've learned not everything deserves a response. I learned the art of closing the app, swipe out, hit the X button, and move on to something that agrees with my spirit. (laughs) Number 10. And this one (laughs) is one of my favorite things that I learned in the year 21 of my life. But everyone, especially black girls, but everyone should shave their head at least once. (laughs) now I shaved my head because my hair didn't bring me joy anymore and I don't remember if this is another thing I learned on my list but we hold on to stuff just because we should the sake that we should I hate the word should because it's always used for judgment you should do this well she should be doing that I don't know why he's doing this because this should be the thing that happened. Should doesn't really exist in real life. Should is a wish, a hope, a fantasy, a dream that most likely doesn't come true. And when we have expectations so high that we block out everything else, the reality of it all just hits us in the face and we're still left miserable. That was a long way for me to say my hair just didn't bring me joy anymore. I just didn't want it. So that's why I shaved my head. But I think everyone needs a proverbial or literal head shave. Like I was just so over it. I bought the clippers. I did it like it was so cathartic. I had my Britney Spears moment. And I think everyone needs to find something where they let go. They let go of everything they've held on to just because it's socially acceptable, just because they should be quote unquote lucky to have this thing, just because they're told that people have it worse than them and they have this, so they should be appreciative. If it doesn't serve you, let it go. If it doesn't bring you joy, let it go. If you don't want to deal with it anymore, let it go. So whether that's shaving your head, breaking up with your man, buying a new pair of shoes, getting rid of old stuff that you've carried with you from whatever it is. Just let go. (laughs) Just let go. Number 11. I'm still insecure about a lot and that's okay. I came into this school year feeling more confident than I ever have. Which is still true. I know who I am, where I'm going, what I'm doing. But also, like I mentioned before, I get caught up, hung up on the same lessons and the same things over and over again. And really, the hard thing I've been avoiding is I'm not completely healed in every area. I'm not completely thinking I'm the baddest bitch in every single aspect of my life, no matter how hard I want to be because I want to come across as this fully formed great person. But deep down, I know there's a lot I have to unpack and there's a lot that I might not necessarily still be happy with or think the best of myself about and I'm still evolving relationships with parts of myself. But I'm, I've learned that all of that is okay and all the time I've spent with myself learning myself 
I know that I have to be honest with myself and hold myself accountable when I start to be on my bullshit and think that I'm weak or less than because I feel weak or less than in a certain area. We are all just people. We're still evolving. No one from start to finish is fully satisfied with who they are at 100% of the time. Just like Issa Rae made it a critically acclaimed hit series about insecure and is out here thriving and doing great. I can be insecure and be okay too. Number 12. Stop trying to make the wrong things fit into the spot you want them in. Child, let me tell you. (laughs) Girl, let me tell you about number 12. So many things I feel like, again, this concept of should, this should work. They should be the one. This should be the grade I should get. This should be the position I should be in. This is, ah, 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 ah. stop it, stop it. Because everything, so many things in our lives straight up tell us, hey, I'm not the one, girl. I don't feel the same way. I don't have the same motives. I don't have the same goals. This isn't going to work. And I'm like, but I can, I can fix it. Because I'm, my worth comes from being good at things. I, that means I'm good at making this thing fit into the spot, into the mold that I want it to. And it doesn't work like that. People don't work like that. Things don't work like that. Situation don't, the situations don't work like that. You can't, you can't eye on the fix my life (laughs) on your own. I can't do it no matter how much I want to try for my life or other people's life. And going through my first heartbreak has really taught me, hey, there are going to be people that come into your life and the more time you spend with them, you have to realize that A, not everything is going to be as great as it is in the beginning and B, people have a lot of layers, like I've been saying, a lot of baggage, a lot of their own stuff that has really no reflection on me, was not caused by me but really affects our relationship and sets the tone for how we interact. And if those bags are too heavy, if those factors are too strong, it's with it's outside of my capability, nor is it my responsibility to fix those things, no matter how much I want it. Because I've been saying it to y'all, there's nothing worse than getting what you thought you wanted and it's terrible. There's nothing worse than getting what you thought you wanted And it ends up being the exact opposite thing of what you needed. And outside of relationships with people, this is for jobs, positions, schools, whatever it is that may be. We keep trying to fit things into the right spot that we want them to fill in our lives. When we, I say we, but me personally, becomes impatient. It's like, when, when is my time? When am I going to win? When am I going to have this? When am I going to have that? But when we try and fill these things prematurely with what's not meant for that space, we're putting the triangle in the octagon hole, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's going to either pop back out at you or fall through, and you're going to be picking up even more pieces. So in this year, I've learned that no matter how much we may want something, if it's not the right fit, It's not the right fit, and we have to let it go. (laughs) This one doesn't really fit the theme of (laughs) that we've been in thus far. But number 13, I may never successfully stick to a budget in my 20s. And that's, maybe it's not okay, but it's me. (laughs) It's part of who I am. The thing about this is, me with money, I try so hard to have a plan and then I see one thing and then it's just an avalanche from there and I sit and I look around and I'm like, damn, where, how have I gotten myself into this mess? I have expensive taste. I don't, I can't explain it and I'm honestly not upset about it, but <laughs> at this point in my life, the income and my taste level, they don't match. They don't match. But the thing that gets the bridge over to the other side is that I have good credit. And (laughs) the thing about credit is it's helpful, but it's also harmful. 
I'm not going to put all my business out there, but your girl's been through some things. She's had some statements that were a little jaw-dropping. But the thing about me and money is, the thing about me and money is, because, I don't even know because, but it always works itself out in time for the most part. Every time the balance gets a little high, I get a windfall and I'm right back okay again. And it just keeps happening. (laughs) So I think, you know what? I got out of it last time. Let's spin the wheel again and see what goes on. And I don't want to say that that's because I'm lucky or I'm favored or I'm blessed because I know that that's not a good habit to rely on. But that's how I keep (laughs) getting where I'm getting because I'm like, you know what? I'm young. I have time to have a salary. And that's what they tell you too about student loans, different kinds of debt. Oh, you'll pay it off. You'll make enough money. We all know that's a lie, but I'd rather apply that logic to cute shoes and my apartment decor than a student loan to the government. You know what I'm saying? Like in my youth, I might as well have fun and get myself out of these situations (laughs) while I can. So even through all this, that I may never stick to a budget, I I know I'm responsible. I know I'm being facetious and that (laughs) I have all of my goals and things and plans in place. But it's just a constant back and forth. And I'm looking at myself like, girl, you've done it again. Like, how are we going to get ourselves out of this one? But it always works out. Because I have an abundance mindset, I think. And also, I keep a job. I wish that I didn't have to. But I do. And things just always things just always happen. Things just always turn out. So y'all keep praying that things keep going in my favor. And I learn my lesson one day. Number 14, having ups and downs in my healing journey and emotions and self-esteem does not make me a failure. If you haven't caught on already, 21 was a year of a lot of self-realization, a lot of hard times, a lot of self-reflecting, a lot of journal pages. That's another thing I've started doing regularly is journaling. And I feel like that's really helped me not put all, all of my business out on the internet, But (laughs) I've learned that in trusting myself, having ups and downs, like I said, it doesn't make me less worthy of wanting to get better. Everyone has ups and downs, literally everybody. And I've learned to stop putting so much stock in wanting to see or waiting to see somebody else do it to make it okay for me. I know I talked about representation before and that it makes me feel good to be affirmed to follow people and watch their lives be similar to me, which is great, yes, in certain aspects. But in other things, I have to let go of the need to, for, like I said, for other people to make it okay. Because it is okay, because it's going to happen, because we're humans and we're not robots and built to be perfect and always at equilibrium and never have a bad day or a sad day or want something to change or be different. And just because I have good weeks and bad weeks and sometimes the bad weeks last longer and vice versa and I can feel myself slipping back into things and it's not fun, but that doesn't mean that all the work that I've done was for naught or that I haven't learned anything about myself because I have, and those skills are what's gonna carry me through these up and down moments. And like everyone says, you can't enjoy the good unless you know what the bad feels like. I'm learning to give myself grace because I'm just figuring out like we all are. Number 15, I'm not a loner. A lot of people just suck. 21 has also been a year of unpacking prior things, prior traumas, things that people have said to me. And in college, someone called me a loner, which to me was like, hold up, girl, huh? You think I'm choosing to be this alone? This was in freshman year when, you know, I was like tragically, depressingly alone. I'm like, you think I'm choosing to be like this? But now in my adulthood and learning to stand firm and honor my boundaries and be okay in removing myself from situations. 
I learned a lot of people around me, a lot of peers, a lot of people my age. I don't, I don't agree. I don't, <laughs> I don't find the same things funny. I don't enjoy the same activities. I don't, I just don't want to be around it. And a lot of y'all are not good people. I know we're still developing that frontal lobe and those cortexes. They're still finding their neuron paths. But girl, some of y'all are too old to keep doing these same things or to not know better or to not care that you don't act better. Like a lot of people, I just, I can't handle the energy. I'm highly sensitive and it makes me feel chaotic by proxy, by association, by osmosis. And I just can't do it. I can't do it. So I refuse to be shamed or made fun of for honoring my alone time and knowing my boundaries and not being out, being in the mix, just for the sake of being there. I know that certain groups of people, I know we don't judge. I know it's bad to judge. But in my adulthood, I've learned to trust my intuition. And if I know that somebody is a terrible person, I just know it. And if people don't want to believe me, that's fine. I know I'm going to be right eventually because, again, I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I don't have to respond to anything. You see how everything is relating, clicking together? We love this for me. But (laughs) I'm just learning to affirm myself and know that, you know what? Hey, certain situations just aren't for me. And it doesn't really matter what other people think about it because if I'm comfortable, that's what matters. So me being alone doesn't make me a loner. It just means I know who I am and who I want to be around. Number 16, I will be and I'm already successful. I am in competition with no one else's expectations. This is the thing. This is one of my repeated lessons. I feel like because I have periods of imposter syndrome and maybe my performance actually is lesser than it usually is, but that doesn't negate all of the successes that I've had and the ones I'm currently having that I don't give myself credit for because I'm either downplaying it or comparing it to somebody else's, which looks bigger even though I know nothing about it. The gag is, like I said, everything that I want, I can have if I work for it. And I know I'm going to have it because I work hard. One thing about me, I'm going to work hard. If I put my name on something, I'm going to dedicate myself to it and make sure it's the best of my ability. And girl, with that mindset, it's already mine. Like I've been telling y'all, These opportunities, these things, money, (laughs) like opportunities, all these things I've been saying, when I look over my life, everything that I've applied for and gotten into and been able to represent and was chosen for, it's because people see my character through my work and and how I represent myself. So knowing that I do all of these things naturally, it makes no sense to doubt myself or be in competition with what I think people expect of me. Because how I show up is successful. No matter how that success looks or varies from day to day, I am a success. I will continue to be a success just because I exist as I am. That's powerful, isn't it? Wow. (laughs) Y'all, I think I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to be an okay adult. I really do. (laughs) 17. I want to be in love with my life. Everything that I've learned about love in this past year has showed me that no matter what goes on, no matter how things change, when you love someone, you see the best in them always. And when you see the best in someone and you realize the potential of this person, not only their potential, but what they've showed you is there, that love doesn't go away. That belief in that person or thing doesn't go away when I love something it's always on my mind I'm thinking of how I can make that thing or person feel better how I can add to their life things that remind me of them etc etc and I don't want to only have that feeling towards certain people or certain things I want to feel that way in general about everything that surrounds me and maybe in this period I won't be in love with every single 
part of my life and that's okay. But I can really, really like a lot of things and it's okay to dislike other parts of my life that maybe I can't change right now. But I think overall, I want to wake up every day and know that I have so many things within my reach, within my grasp, and I'm worthy of everything that I want. And I will be happy even if it's not 100% all the time. And I will be okay and I will have a comfortable home and I will have friends and I will have family and I will have love and I will have good times and I will have sunshine and rainbows and unicorn horns. Like, (laughs) I want to be in love with my life that even on the bad days, I hold space in knowing that things are okay. Things are great just as they are. I don't want to settle. I want to surround myself only with things that I truly, genuinely like. That is within my control. If I ever get a car, I want it to be the best version of the car that I want. I want to have the perfect air freshener, the perfect steering wheel cover, the perfect whatever. My next apartment, I want to have all the decor that I want. Things that I truly enjoy. Food that I love to eat. Exercises that I like to do. Shows that I like to watch. I just want to be surrounded with things that I love and things that make me feel comfort because I've learned that love is comfortable. Love draws you in like, (laughs) it's so corny. Love draws you in like a warm hug at the end of the day. Love is knowing that home is wherever you are, wherever you are welcomed. And I want to feel welcomed in every part of my life. I don't want to be around things just for the sake of being around them or because it was the only thing left. I want everything that's available to me. I want it and I can have it. And I will be, (laughs) I will be okay. Even if I'm not head over heels in love with every single part of my life, because obviously I haven't been up until this point, but I know that I will get to a point where I can look around and think, wow, I love everything around me. Number 18, have patience in yourself going through the seasons of life. Every setback you encounter is not the end. Another big lesson, girl, I I joke about this a lot, but I'm becoming okay with the concept of black mediocrity in opposition, juxtaposition really, to black excellence. I'm learning that in this season of my life, this is for me to, it's to expose me to things that I shouldn't have ex- been exposed to before this point. And because I'm now ready, I like to think <laughs> theoretically to start learning the lessons that life is showing me. I can't, shouldn't, it doesn't make sense for me to expect myself to know how to handle everything to know how to catch every ball that's thrown my way, to know how to jump over every obstacle. Like that literally, it I can't know what I don't know. And so to beat myself up for not knowing what I didn't know because I couldn't know it, it, it what <laughs> what is the reason? Like that doesn't make sense. So I'm learning to have patience with myself and honoring myself means sometimes I have to walk away. Sometimes I have to admit, admit Things are out of my depth, and now I just have to come back to it later. And it doesn't mean that because I can't figure it out right then, at that moment, by myself, that that's just the end of this part of my life, and that I'm resigned to never being good or getting over or learning this thing that life has presented in front of me. Just patience and grace. I forget the words and intentions I said for this year, but (laughs) like I've been talking about this whole time, it's giving myself grace to not know what I don't know and learn the lessons in the time that I meant and need to take to learn them. Every setback is not the end. I just need to pause, let things be, and reassess when I'm ready. 19. I am resilient and soft simultaneously. I've been seeing a lot of discourse online about the resilience of black women and how so many of us are rejecting that term because it is assigned to us based on our 
endurance of the hardships and bullshit of life and so many things that black women are forced to go through being citizens of this planet. And I completely agree and resonate with some of those things. But for me, my definition of resilience and my experience with it was forged out of being challenged after an entire life of not really being so. My resilience came from my college experience where I was completely out of my element, thrown into the depths of these waters that I shouldn't have really been in in the first place, but forced myself to be and facing all of these pressures and situations and people that I'd never been in before and really hitting my breaking point and bouncing back from it and being and looking around at where I am now and what I've accomplished and remembering a time when I didn't think it was possible that I couldn't do it, that this would be the thing that breaks me. That is where my resilience comes from. That's why I resonate with the term resilience. And I think that I am resilient. And for me, it's a source of honor and pride, not because it's my reward for going through bad things, but because it brought out a part of me that I didn't know that I had before. At the same time, even though I know that I can withstand and pull myself out of pretty much any fire that I could get myself in at this point, It doesn't mean that I have to be, once again, I don't have to be involved in everything. I don't have to be the leader in everything. I don't have to be this hard, rock, solid figure of a woman. It doesn't mean that I have to hide my sensitive side away or my anxieties away in order to be perceived as a good person, a strong person, a worthy person. My softness and my resilience coexist within the same person every day at all times. My softness and sensitivity does not negate my resilience and vice versa. I am allowed to be a toughest, the toughest, baddest bitch on the block who can conquer anything and will smack a bitch who gets in my way. But I can also want to be held and loved and treated kindly and wanted to be told that I am loved. Those two things coexist, and they do, every single day, because I cycle through those emotions (laughs) many times during the week. (laughs) I laugh, but this is really something that I think is so important for Black women in particular to acknowledge about themselves, in that it's okay to want to be wanted. It's okay to want to be taken care of. You don't have to be 100%, 1000% provider, independent all of the time because we know, you know, you can do those things regardless. You do them every day. You don't have to continually prove that to people. And the existence of those traits isn't what makes you worthy of softness and intimacy and delicacy. You deserve that just by virtue of existing. You deserve all that you want because you are all that you are. And so as I continue on in this year, I know that my resiliency will carry me through, but I hope that I receive more opportunities to nurture that softness and make it a priority to make sure that these sides continue to coexist and they help each other become the best representation of me that they can. Number 20. It only matters that I make myself proud. This is a callback to number three of not being afraid of disappointing people when you begin to live for yourself. But number 20 is that I have to make sure that I am living up to my own standards. I have to make sure that I Keep impressing myself. And that doesn't mean I have to jump through hoops and go above and beyond all of the time. But if I feel my body shutting down and I go to rest and reject work, that's me making myself proud. If I take myself to the gym 
every day that I feel capable of doing so, I'm making myself proud by showing up for me. And no matter what I do, what it is that I need, as long as I can do that for me, as long as I stay true to the goals and the values that I hold for myself, and I make myself proud of being me, I make myself proud to talk about the things I accomplished and the things that I feel, that's all that matters. Yes, it's great to hear that I make my parents proud and my grandparents proud and knowing that my ancestors are somewhere being proud of me. I love all of those things, but this year I really learned that I have to be proud of myself in the things that I don't share with other people and pat myself on the back and give myself credit for things and just show up for myself and celebrate myself. And we've come to the end. Number 21. Everything I am meant to have will come in its own form and own time. I just have to try my best to accept it as it happens. And what I really want to talk about is that acceptance because it's really the biggest thing I think that I realized that I need to keep working on last year is that some, a lot of things are out of my control. Just like I can't control what people do on the internet or in their regular lives that negatively affects others or that I don't agree with. But in terms of things that I have some influence over, the things I attract, the things that do come to me, I have to accept that not everything is going to look, feel, sound, smell, taste, however I believe it will in my mind of minds. And because things may look different than what I imagine, it doesn't mean that they're any less or not as good for me just because they don't look the same. What I've learned is my expectations set me up for failure because I don't allow myself to imagine what it would be like if I were to be given a situation out of my control and end up liking that thing, thus putting the power of how I feel about my environment into the hands of others. I hope that made sense because I'm just sort of <laughs> realizing it as I'm talking here. But for me, control helps soothe my anxiety. If I know everything about a situation, what it looks like, what I'm going to do, X, Y, and Z, it makes me feel better about it. And it makes me feel more confident in my next steps. But when things happen and show up, in different ways that I expected, it's like, oh, hold on. This isn't the scenario I replayed in my head a thousand times. I don't know what to do. I'm going to mess this up or this is going to be awful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I really want to start accepting things as they come and looking at things with a curiosity instead of a hesitation. Of course, I'm still going to use my judgment because... <laughs> like out of everything I've learned is that some things girl are red flags and you need to turn and run away but I want to be more open to opportunities that I couldn't think of because they were meant for me at a different level of the person that I am now that couldn't fathom that this is a thing that would be right for me you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying <laughs> And that's the episode. Happy 22nd birthday to me, October 12th, 1999. October Libra's stand up, best sign, air sign, best sign. Okay. Shout out to every one of us. I love y'all. Thank you for sticking around for another year of me and of this podcast. I truly 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 appreciate every single one of you that's ever clicked on an episode whether this is your first one or you're like 40th I don't know how many episodes in total I've uploaded but we're gonna keep going I am just so grateful for this day and the people I have around me and the things that are in store for me in this next year all the lessons the ups and even the downs because like I said that's what makes us appreciate the ups and that's really where a lot of these revelations came from is in my down moments and no matter how much they may hurt or be not fun it leads me to these breakthroughs that makes me think wow 
I feel prepared to enter this next stage of my life. Hopefully they're not as traumatic as they have been (laughs) in the past. We're going to think positively because it's my day. So please pour up a drink for me. Put on your best playlist. Put on some glitter. Wear the color purple because obviously that's my aesthetic. You have a great time for my birthday because all I want is for you to be happy and to be your best self. So thank you so much for clicking on this episode. I love you so much. And I hope to have you listening again soon. Bye. Pages from My Notebook, a True to Life podcast, is a passion project by yours truly, Erica Barnes. Read episode descriptions and more at pagesfrommynotebookpod.com. Follow the pod on Instagram at pagesfrommynotebookpod and like the pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash pagesfrommynotebookpod. You can support the pod monthly via Anchor at anchor.fm slash erica-barnes slash support. I hope to have you listening again soon.